The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with Access Credit Union and the Donal O'Driscoll Student Bursary. The Donal O'Driscoll Student Bursary has been established to honour the career and achievements of Access Credit Union's late CEO, Donal O'Driscoll. Throughout his long term as CEO, Donal championed the credit union ethos of supporting and empowering members, particularly in the sphere of education. In recognition of this, the Donal O'Driscoll Bursary will provide financial support to one individual embarking on third-level education or commencing an apprenticeship in 2022. The recipient of the bursary will be awarded €5,000 to help with costs. To apply for the bursary, visit www.accesscu.ie forward slash bursary. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy and Matthew Hurley from the Star Sports Desk. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder, as always, to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose the credit union, choose local, choose community. The final round of the group stages in the Cork Football Championships took place last week and with so many West Cork teams in action, we have plenty to discuss on this week's podcast. In a few moments, we'll be getting Matthew's top five takeaways from the weekend that was with several sides progressing to the knockout stages and several others facing down the barrel of some fairly daunting-looking relegation battles. Later in the show, we'll be joined by Donald O'Sullivan to have a chat about the legendary Bear team that won the 1997 county final. Donald is also going to tell us about the Porrick Crowley fundraiser. Porrick, who was a goalie on that county final winning team, has been struggling with a serious illness for some time, and Bear GAA and his teammates from 97 have launched a fundraising drive to support the future educational needs of his two young children. We're also going to chat to Enniskeen Camogie captain Ashling O'Driscoll about their championship campaign. But lads, we're going to kick things off with the weekend football results and the final round of the group games in the Cork football championships. And Matthew, I'll get your five biggest takeaways in a moment but Kieran, I'll come to you first big picture it feels as though overall it was a pretty good weekend for the majority of the West Cork teams in action save for the one or two that have unfortunately found themselves in relegation trouble yeah it was a weekend of highs and lows Jack I suppose starting with the lows first we've Newcastle are in the Premier Senior Football relegation playoff against Aero Og and the band of footballers are also found themselves in the senior a uh, football relegation playoff. So that's kind of a two huge games for those two clubs coming up. But um, besides that, it was generally, it was a, a positive enough weekend for, for West Cork teams. 
the Castlehaven, Carberry Rangers, and of course the Carberry Divisional team is there. And there's the potential for a Carberry Rangers v Carberry County semi-final that will confuse a lot of people because they're both Carberry. And then also on top of that, senior football with a huge, huge derby coming up in Bentry. Another battle of Bentry. We're going to build it as when Donnies take on O'Donovan Rossa. That's a huge game for those two teams. Um, Bentry Blues are straight through to uh, a, a semi-final as well. But um, one of, I think one of the big, big results of the weekend, and I know this is one of Matthew's takeaways as well, is Island Rovers. They avoided the senior A football relegation playoff. And I think it's a huge, huge result for the club because they've been slipping in, in recent times. Uh, their their senior football team hadn't won a group game in a in a long time, but they got the win they needed last weekend against Newmarket. And I think it's probably the result of the weekend for West Cork teams. And, and I know we're talking about teams through the quarterfinals and relegation playoffs, but for what it means for, for this Island Rovers team, stripped of nearly half of last year's team for different reasons, Fellas have immigrated, they're working, they can't commit, they have injuries. So for them to pull out a win when the, the need was most, it's just really good for the team. And it gives them something to, to, I suppose, to base on for next year. And for friend of the show, Dermot Duggan, we've had on the podcast an awful lot. He's joint manager of Island Rovers. So for Dermot and Jason Whaley and all the Island lads, I think it was such an important result for Island Rovers because it stops the rot. It stops the rot. If they were stuck in another relegation fight this year, who knows where their slide would have ended. But at least they've got that win now. They've got that result. Their season is over, but they're safe. They're safe, which is a, a big, big positive for Ireland after another tricky championship year. Okay then, Matthew, let's get your top five biggest takeaways from the weekend. Obviously, Kieran mentioned Ireland are in there. Are they at number five? Are they at number one? Let's start at five. And five and four are probably intertwined because they're in the same group down the Intermediate A Championship. It was a brilliant victory for Adragol, uh, getting over Bally Desmond. And in the second round, more so, getting over Kilshanig as well. And for Adragol, a small, a tiny little club in Beira to get through to the quarterfinals of that competition is absolutely brilliant. But on the other side of the story, then, Gabriel's only lost by last-minute points against Kilshanig. That sent them out. Like, if they drew the game, they would have topped the group. No, they're out of the championship. Four points out of, of possible six, and they're out. When, when I was talking to Kieran about this in the office um, a few days ago as well, when he considered Klein in the hurling last week at two points, um, not agreed, Cedar Ray got two points, and they progressed. And then you look at poor Gabriel Rangers, four points, and yet it isn't enough. And it, it's really upsetting for a club like Gabriel Rangers because it would have been a real achievement to reach a quarter final for their club. And well done to Adrigal, brilliant achievement for them to reach the quarter final. Uh, Kieran, do you want to just um, come um, for Bear perhaps? Sorry, there was just a bit of a drop in the line there. So um, we'll, we'll uh, revert. But I'm just going to say, um, Kieran, do you want to briefly come in on the Gabriel's loss there? Because as Manchu mentioned, heartbreaking stuff. Oh, 100%. So heartbreaking because... With with a minute to go, they were they were in the in, in the knockout stages, and then like you said, um, Kilchana got that late late point to win the game, and it knocked Gabriel's out, and it just shows the fine margins and the tight margins in these these Cork championships now, and it's also, I know the Gabriel's fans and supporters won't look at it this way this week, but it also shows the beauty of these county championships where there's something on the line in all these group games, and 
while Gabriel's topped the group at the at the start of play. They finished on in third in the table on scoring difference. But also what Matthew said there, it's brilliant to see Adrigol get through to the to the county quarterfinal. They'll be playing Boherboui on Sunday, September 18th in McCroom. And that's a huge game for the for for, for um for the Bearer Club to be in the, the knockout stages. Um maybe it's bonus territory territory for them. But but the thing is they're now they're now there. They're 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 there with they're there with a chance. So while Gabriel's missed out, there's a great story here with Adrigal in a in a county quarterfinal. So they're in like I said, they're in bonus territory. They've nothing to lose now. So let's let's see how Adrigal get on. Okay, that's four and five, Matthew. Number three. And number three is a bit of a donor in the Cedar A Championship. Uh, we mentioned Island Rovers will get on to the end of the minute, but Bandon, unfortunately, are stuck in that senior A relegation battle. And on zero points out of a possible six out of three games, that's really bad for Bandon. And they've only scored two goals. And you could say they deserve to be in this position. They lost to Balangiri at the weekend, also losing to Donnie's and to Kish game in the first game as well. And now they're in a relegation battle. And yeah, it's kind of difficult for Bandon because um, over the last few years, there was, I think five years ago, they actually won the Intermediate Championship. And then it's, it, they haven't really settled in senior that well. So, you know, to go down um, to relegation playoff, no. But as we've seen in relegation playoffs in the previous few years, usually the team at zero points uh, comes up with a performance on the day and gets a results. Like New Market are in one point, they'll be crestfallen after their results at the weekend. So maybe there's an opportunity there for Bandon to produce one of their biggest performances of the year and possibly get out of the relegation battle. It's a big game for Bandon. I want to add in something here, if you don't mind. Like we, we said there, Bandon are obviously they're true to the senior A football relegation battle and they're taking on New Market on September 17th. Newcastle, like we mentioned, are in the premier senior football relegation battle and they'll take on Aero Oak in Brinney also on Saturday, September 17th. And it's no surprise, lads, that they're two dual clubs Newcastle and Bandon that have found themselves in the, in this situation, like the for, for the dual clubs, I suppose they're finding this new championship tough. Going to be quite honest, because they're on the go weekend after weekend after weekend after weekend. And let's say the Bandon hurlers for a second, they have a huge county um hurling quarterfinal this weekend against Bellin Hassig. So it's just they're going from one court to, to to the other, and it's just quite difficult. So maybe there's something in that that the dual clubs are starting to find it going, especially when dual clubs are, let's say, they're successful or not successful. They've all these, these extra games, so it's hard to juggle both. So I don't think it's a coincidence that you've both Bandon and Town, two really strong dual clubs in West Cork, finding themselves in relegation trouble. And Kieran, just judging by your own Twitter feed there over the last 24 hours, there are similar problems affecting some of the dual clubs in the Carberry Championship as well, in particular Aggerine Rangers. I see lots of complaints from members of that particular club over the scheduling of their two games coming up. So just while we're on this topic, maybe talk to us briefly about that as well. Yeah, so with Aggerine Rangers, they're a successful dual club in West Cork at the moment. So they're true to the quarterfinals of the Premier Junior Hurling Championship this weekend. They're taking on Russell Rovers. But their junior footballers are also true to the Carberry uh, Junior A semi-final. So Argadine Rangers, they beat Randall Oag last Sunday after extra time. That put them true to the semi-final. But because there is a county board deadline for the Divisional Junior Football Championships, those these Divisional Championships have to be run off quite fast. So Argadine will have their county hurling quarter-final this Saturday. Then next Tuesday night, they're going to take on Tyg McCorrig in the Carberry Junior A football semi-final. So that's 
only what, three or four days later that the club and, and, and Matthew might come in on this in a second because we'd built Fleming on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. There is a strong nucleus of lads in Argadine who play both hurling and football. So it's really tough going, really tough going on a club like Argadine. It's almost like they're they're being punished for being successful. But there's there's so many different strands of play here. And we touched it last week with the, the Carberry Junior A football championship postponed for that weekend because of Barry Rowe's appeal against their elimination. Carberry lost out on one full weekend of games. So that's kind of, that squeezed the the remaining knockout games into a tighter schedule. On the other side, then, we have the county board deadline because the Carberry Junior football representatives are meant to play the Muskery winners on the weekend. I think it's uh, September 23rd, 24th, 25th. So Carberry are working up against that deadline. I do know Carberry did apply to the county board to get an extension to the Carberry Junior A football championship, but they learned on Monday that they weren't successful in that. Since then, the I've just seen as well on, on Tuesday that the fixtures for the Munster Club series were released by the, by the Munster Council and the Cork representatives in the junior football have a bye in the quarterfinals. So they're not out now until the very end of November. So maybe, just maybe, there's a bit of wiggle room here and there's more in this story to come if the county board can push back the deadline. Because obviously, Argadine, tough, tough on those players. But there's another part to the story, Jack, as well. The Carby senior football team, it's playing their quarterfinal against um, Ballincollig on Sunday the 18th, I think it is. Um, and then we have a Carby Junior A final on two days later on Tuesday the 20th. We don't know who's going to win the, in the Carby final yet, right? I'm going, I'm going to take a, a wild guess here and I could be wrong. Let's say it's Ty McCorrig against St. Mary's. Mary's have five lads on the car on the Carby panel. Cara have a good few lads as well. Colm O'Driscoll, Kevin O'Driscoll, Brian, Brian O'Driscoll and, and so on. Are those lads expected to play a huge game for the Carby footballers and that Sunday night, I think it's a five or seven o'clock throw in a Parky Cueve. Then two days later, play a Carby junior football final if their clubs do get there. Like that's asking an awful lot of players, especially when you consider that this year that there's such a prize with the Carby junior football championship. If you win your division in football in Cork this year, one of the eight divisions, you win promotion to the new Premier Junior football grade in 2023 so the Carby Junior A football final is effectively a county final or a promotion playoff because you're winning, um, you're winning a, a promotion to a new county grade. So there's an awful lot on the line, and it's just unfortunate that the players are the players are the ones losing out here because they've been asked to do an awful lot in a short space of time. Well, just on the point about the players, then Matthew, because obviously Kieran mentioned you spoke to Bill Fleming of Argyle a few weeks ago on the podcast. You're also involved in a duel club yourself in Ballinascarty so what are players feeling at the minute what are you hearing out there on the training pitches or just amongst friends and family who are involved the, the, the pressure that's being put on especially in dual clubs for example well I suppose uh, first of all my club Ballinascarty we're in both junior competitions so we aren't as intense as the likes of Argadine I was speaking to Paul Holland in this week's star as well and he was saying 25 Argadine lads only signed up you know between hurling and football and for that kind, that kind of a club, it's not really feasible, really, going to that kind of a stage. And you look, they're playing Russell Rovers on the Saturday. Then on the Tuesday, they're playing a Carberry semi-final. Like that, that is, you know, it's crazy stuff from um, the Car County Board, really, and the Carberry County Board, you know. And um, judging by the monster draw as well, uh, Polly Palmer actually mentioned this in a tweet I was looking as well. 
maybe there, there is wiggle room there as Keen rightly said to push it back as far but you know I, I think there definitely is and you know Argardine Barrow there's more pressure though probably Kid Britain as well maybe not so much pressure on Bad because they're in junior and both not in the county championships but for those clubs especially Argardine they are and I definitely agree with Kieran here they're definitely punished for doing well and you know that shouldn't be happening in the Cork County Board definitely not we just want our Carberry teams to do well in competitions and if if the core structures are going to stay they aren't going to do well simple as that no matter how well they're playing in these uh, various competitions yeah it's going to be absolutely impossible but let's move on then Matthew to your final two biggest takeaways from last weekend's action and number two is the one we mentioned earlier in Oil and Rover staying up. Like, it's an unbelievable achievement for uh, German Duggan and uh, the team there. Like, uh, unbelievable to stay up. And considering they didn't win a group game in 2020 or 2021, and they won it now when the nail was put to their collar. And what, what a win for them. Like, uh, Dan McKeown stood up when counted. There was a lot of players that stood up in that game. New Market, it was, um, you know, it was tip. It was um, it was a tough, tough game for them, and they finally got over the line. And yeah, New Marcus, they were they were actually going for a quarter final themselves, but they ended up missing out on it because of this result. And it was an unbelievable achievement for Ireland to win this game, and it was badly needed as well. Like they haven't won a county championship game since 2019. That's a very, very long time for them. And finally, they won a game. And I suppose then at number one, it's uh, the Premier Senior Derby between Castlehaven and Newstown, like. People were thinking Newstown would put up a challenge. In fairness, I think they had a goal chance in the first minute, just slightly wide. But Castle David took, took complete control then. Brian Hurley, Michael Hurley, Roy Maguire all stood up and counted and they got over the line in the end. So I was speaking to James McCarthy last week. He was saying this was all about the results. This was all about getting over the line. They got over the line now. And, but he was saying, actually, um, I was reading somewhere, was it the Echo or somewhere, that um, he wasn't really happy with the performance on the day against Newstown. So... He thinks they should improve against Mallow. So, you know, that kind of shows the levels that Castlehaven are at. And probably they're, they're the team to look at in West Cork to go on and win the county championship because they have some very nice players there. If they win against Mallow, they'll play the bars in the semi final. Obviously, a repeat to the semi finals over the last semi finals there with the penalty shootouts. So, Castlehaven, after losing that penalty shootout last year, would be determined to right those wrongs. Newstown in a relegation battle, it's going to be tough for them now. When they're out with the hurling, that's maybe a positive and maybe placing the skies for them so they can concentrate in this game against Aero, who haven't got a point themselves. So maybe Newstown will go into this game all going facing. The injuries, though, for Newstown are colossal, and that'll be a big thing for Tim Buckley to fix over the next few weeks. And that could be their Achilles heel as well. Injuries is going to be a big part to play in this relegation playoff. Okay, lads. Well, then, just to wrap up our weekend football review i want you to both give me a prediction for the various championships across the grade which west cork teams after the group stages are you thinking are most likely to maybe reach a county final or even win one matthew you've said uh castlehaven are probably the likeliest in the premier senior grade so maybe give us uh one of the ones in the other grades and kieran yourself too someone in premier senior and someone in any other grade, senior A, intermediate, etc., that you think could potentially give us a West Cork County champion this year? I let Matthew put his head on the chopping block first. Off you go, Matthew. Jeez, Kieran. 
Yeah, you're putting me under fierce pressure now. Um, yeah, senior A, it's going to be a tough one, no doubt. Ross or Donnie's. I think Donovan Ross will perform better this championship, but Donnie's have the players to catch fire. The likes of Mark Buckley, the likes of Fionn Hurley. So this will disappoint a lot of skid people going to go Donnie's to actually beat Donovan Ross at the quarterfinals. So, um, yeah, they're unbeaten, Donnie's. People seem to forget that. Like, they've drawn two games, they've won one. So, maybe that, um, that form will drag into the quarterfinals. In the inter- in the you're a very brave man, Matthew, because the next time you're going downtown and skip to get your lunch, I guarantee you'll have a couple of fellas chucking sandwiches and, <laughs> and so on at you after, after going against the, the hometown of Skip. But, uh, best, no, best of luck with that one. <laughs> Jeez, I'm being forewarned now. Being forewarned. Um, <laughs> but, um, I suppose the Premier to be... I think Bantry probably of this uh, championship like can talk on fire it'll be a very big will be the best bet for the will be the ones to look at to try and win that because I think they're the only ones left in it so you know Adrigold Bantry Blues and Donnie's the pressure's on you lads Okay, well, I just it's, love that. Uh, um, I love how Matthew has uh, tipped Castlehaven to possibly go all the way in the Premier Senior or at least uh, make a semi-final, maybe a final. And he's gone against Skibberine as well. So, yeah, just uh, some, really poor, from, some really poor choices there for a man who's in the office in Skibberine as we speak. So, yeah, look, I'm just, I'm nervous for you now, Matthew. I'm really nervous for you, Kieran. Uh, I want you to give us some names of clubs as well that you think can maybe make an impression on the latter stages of the championship across the variety of grades. Okay, we look at the Premier Senior first. So, Castlehaven and Mallow quarterfinal. I'd expect Castlehaven to get through that. Then it's Castlehaven against the Bars. And that's a tough one. Like Matthew said, they've met the last couple of years in the semi-final. It's one apiece. And that's that's all on the day. It, it really is. That could go either way. And what could actually stand to Castlehaven here is that they'll be after that extra game against Mallow once they stay injury-free. So you could be looking at Castlehaven getting through to the county final on one side. Looking at the other side, you've Nemo and Carberry Rangers and you've Ballincollig and Carberry. So there is the possibility of an all-West Cork semi-final here. I think, to be honest, Carberry Rangers could find it going a bit tough against Nemo. Nemo are far more seasoned, far more well-established than Carberry, young Carberry Rangers right now. But this is a Ross team, I suppose, in a in a development phase and they're moving forward. So again, it's a good game for Carberry Rangers right now. But I'd expect Nemo to get through there. And I, I'd actually fancy Carberry to get past Bell and Colleague Touchwood. So we'd have a Carberry-Nemo game. And who knows, it's a semi-final, anything can happen. Wouldn't it be great to have an all-West Cork county final? So, um, who knows? Yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, actually, Carberry and Castlehaven. I know this might come back and bite me in the arse, but I'm going to put my, my colours, near my colours to the West Cork mast here and hope and pray for a, a Carberry Castlehaven final wouldn't that be a good football championship for a second and Bantry Blues will be playing the winners of Evlera and Rock Chapel Bantry have won their three games from three so hopefully they'll get a county final so I'm going to pin my colours to the blue mess there with Bantry Blues and backing up back up to Senior A I'm going to balance it out since Matthew went for Donnie's I'm going to go for Skib 
not just being political here because the star office is in Skibbereen and I get my scones and my sandwiches in Skibbereen restaurants and shops and, and I value my my safety as well. So I'm gonna <laughs> I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Skib here to get the, the better of Donnie's, but it'll be a cracker in, in Bantry. But um the big thing after that, they're playing St. Michael's in the semi-final, so that's gonna be a huge game. St. Michael's are a really good team at senior A, so you could take nothing for granted. But um yeah, I'll I'll tip Skip here to get past on is just to balance up after Matthew's bold prediction of going for the domain. I mean, okay, great stuff, lads. We're going to park the club action there for a moment and take a quick break. Coming up next, we're speaking to Donald O'Sullivan about the 97 Vera County Championship winning side. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with Access Credit Union and the Donald O'Driscoll Student Bursary. The Donal O'Driscoll Student Bursary has been established to honour the career and achievements of Access Credit Union's late CEO, Donal O'Driscoll. Throughout his long term as CEO, Donal championed the credit union ethos of supporting and empowering members, particularly in the sphere of education. In recognition of this, the Donal O'Driscoll Bursary will provide financial support to one individual embarking on third level education or commencing an apprenticeship in 2022. The recipient of the bursary will be awarded €5,000 to help with costs. To apply for the bursary, visit www.accesscu.ie forward slash bursary. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran, in a moment, we're going to hear from Donald O'Sullivan to chat about the legendary Bearer team that won the 1997 County Championship. Donald's also going to tell us, Kieran, about the Podrick Crowley fundraiser, but maybe you can also enlighten us a little bit. What is the Podrick Crowley fundraiser? So this is a fundraiser that Bearer GA have launched to support us with one of their own. Podrick Crowley was the goalkeeper when Bearer won the Cox Senior Football title back in 1997. That's the last time Bearer were crowned county champions. Um, in recent years, Podrick has been receiving medical medical treatment um and what Bera and his the Bera GA and his former teammates did they've they've come together here and we're going to hear more from Donald O'Sullivan quite shortly um explaining why why they've done this but they've come together to launch a fundraising drive to support the educational needs of of Podrick's two kids um James who's eight and Molly's who's who's four years old. So there's a raffle on the October bank holiday weekend and there's a lot of prizes available here. Tickets cost just 10 euro and all have to do is go online to www.beragaa.ie buy a ticket for a really really good cause and you might win a prize in this and um, those tickets are also on sale for members of of the bear 1997 team and management and as well as that a golf classic will be held in bear haven golf club on september 15th to 17th teams of three cost just 60 euro and they can be booked by contacting Joss Crowley on 086-8644-111. That's 086-8644 and triple one. And tea boxes and green sponsorships only cost €50. Euro, and they can be um, arranged by contacting Barry Murphy on 087-234-2703. So like I said at the start, this is for a really good cause. Um, it's really well worth supporting. I just want to wish the, the bear... Uh, the, the Bearer board, the Bearer 1997 team and everyone involved in this fundraiser, the very, very best to look over the next couple of weeks and months. So I caught up with, with, with Donald O'Sullivan to chat about the fundraiser. But first, we 
we, we spoke and we reminisced about the Bearer team that won the 1997 Cork Senior Football title. They beat Castlehaven after a replay. That was the division's first senior football title since 1967. And it was a, a really special time for football in Bearer. The under-21 team was going so well at the time. That Bearer senior team had been building over a couple of years. Semi-finals in 96, quarter-finals in 95. But 97 was the year they got to the final and they got over the line. So as you'll hear from Donald O'Sullivan now, it was a really special year for the Bearer men. It's 25 years since Bearer climbed to the top of the Cork Senior Football Championship ladder, ending the division's 30-year wait for glory. We're joined now by the manager of that great team, Donald O'Sullivan, to have a look back at a magical year for the division. So... Donald, when people mention that 1997 Bearer football team to you, what's the, the image or memory that springs to mind first? I suppose, well, it was, well, it was 97. Like we, we, we actually won the county championship. It was a, a few years in, in the making, as the man says. Like It was, uh, you know, previous to that, there was a, a manager before me who passed away, sadly, recently, like DJ O'Shea. And in 94, 95, like he was involved and he started reorganising. Uh, divisional side, as you know, Kieran is very difficult to sort of get, um, you know, things together rapidly. Like, even though we always had sort of a, a, a um, you know, clubs and beer had great loyalty towards the beer division and um, had a history of always supporting it. I suppose, like, like everything else, it wanes and you know, it comes in peaks and valleys and stuff like that. But in '96, then I think it was the start of our campaign. I had uh, Johnny Holen with me from Orn and Barry Murphy, who was originally from Bear Isle, but was involved with uh, Bishop Town. He's actually in with with Belling colleagues, so he's been around the block a bit. But um, you know, so we, we, we got together early in the year and decided that I suppose um for us like training was not really a huge option to begin with. So we, we actually got permission from the county board to join the Keller Shield in ninety-six, which was a huge plus for us, not but a enormous task on us because like you had teams like Castle and Bear who were Quite successful at that period as well, and um, bit an agical, and um, you know the, the the clubs in Bear like what, junior clubs like um Garnish, Orn, uh, Isle and Glengarrow, um as well. So you can imagine like paying, getting a team out in the Keller Shield, and and still fulfilling the intermediate fixtures that Agricol and Castle were involved with, which meant we were playing two games a week effectively. But it was a, a huge plus for us. But I think all the players bought into it, and we had some fantastic um leaders on that team in the leadership group like you know who were you know very well-known players at the time and, and i'm quite aware that it's very difficult to start mentioning names and this thing kieran but um like kieran o'sullivan was in his peak at cork at the time and he was a fantastic leader then you had oliver o'sullivan and regan like harrington they all had experience playing with all handley they all had experience playing with cork you know at underage level the wisemans harrington Seamus spencer so with a group of players that were quite capable, like of, of if, if they were sort of reorganized and uh, of competing at that level, and we sort of knew that, I suppose. And the only way we felt was to get games into the bodies. Like you mentioned, there about so many strong characters in that team, and we come on to the likes of Kieran O'Sullivan and so on, Donald. But like you said as well, this wasn't an overnight success story. Like this was a this 97 campaign, it was building for a couple of years. And we have to talk about the, the under 21 success of Bear around the time. I think there was three county under 21 titles in just five years. And in fact, the week after Bear beat Castlehaven in that 97 final replay, um, Bear won the under 21s as well. And seven players who played the senior decider against Haven played in that game as well. We'd Timmy O'Shea, Paddy B. O'Sullivan, Donna Wiseman, 
Sean Walsh, Sean Dean, Brendan Jor, and Alan O'Regan. There was a real crop of talented young footballers in Bear at the time, Donald. Well, without a doubt, yeah. I mean, there was um, they had a, the, you know, the management team of the under twenty-one, Zalia, so um, um, Alvaro Sullivan and um, Michael Harrington and Michael or John John, those like were were putting together that team. But I suppose it all started originally. Like, with, to be fair, if you go back in time, like you know, with um, uh, Bear, Bear and Oog, we really started got going with Connie Murphy and John L. Sullivan. I suppose it was maybe the eighties, nineties, like you know, and. They put a structure in place where you know Bear became competitive at underage, mm-hmm. and it gave an outlet for a lot of these players to, to to show their showcase their talents. Because as you know, with rural clubs and the rural depopulation, Karen, like that, um, they always get you know the opportunity to play um at a at a county level, like or you know have a, have a shot of winning a county title if you're from you know a, a small rural junior club. And so I suppose Bear afforded them. That's sort of you know competitive instinct to get out there and, and, and try and, and showcase our talents and that was a, a unique period for for the um for the Barry team or the Barry underage like to, to come through like and you know they contested a lot of under fourteen and minor finals with a lot of people and I suppose you're dead right there when you say that you know the the fulcrum of the team as, as you just mentioned there were underage were were, were you no know, they were all young they were young players there were twenty I think that um. You know, in our county final winning team, we had um, Rory O'Dwyer, who was probably the, the the oldest member of the team, who had who had um, been playing with the Bars for many many years, and he 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 actually transferred back to Berla for that county final period, and it's ironic because we had a guy called Michael Buckley, who had played with the Bars for many years, and had played I played with Berla for many years, and who was based in Adderall. And that transferred back to the bars, and Rory came the other way, and just ended up just you know being in the right place at the right time. But again, you're right, and in, in the sense that um, the under twenty one side provides a huge basis. But I felt that you know having those players involved, I think it was special time to be that year, if my memory is, is right. Um, in that in that final, just a, a couple of, a week or two later, in the Premier League, I, I think it was. Um, I think that what you call it, um, you know, the likes of Brendan George you mentioned and Alan O'Regan and those guys have all played at minor level. And, um, you know, the two Wisemans, Donna and Inda, like, oh, Inda wasn't involved with us that year, but Donna was. And uh, Sean Welsh, they all had played, like, at that level. Like, Seamus Spencer, Michael Harrington had been on the Cork panel, like, you know, in a role that um, Ali O'Sullivan, these guys, like, had, had, a, had a wealth of experience at underage level. And you're dead right, like, you know, 21 really brought it to the fore at that stage. And, um, but again, I think the Keller Shield gave us the experience of playing at the next step up to those younger players. And, you know, you were competing against teams like um, Nemo Rangers with the likes of uh, Castlehaven, with the, you know, Bishopstown, Clyde, all good teams at the time. And I remember we did quite well in the league in the Keller Shield, actually. And it, we, at the end of the year, we were sort of disappointed, I'll always remember, because we had uh, 12 points. But a lot of the teams that time wouldn't travel down to Bear to play their, their home games. And that was sort of a bone of contention for us. And it ended up in, I think, Bishopstone and um, Castlehaven played the final actually afterwards on the same amount of points we were ourselves. Like, so, but I think, so, so, you know, it all came together. Like, you know, we worked really hard, don't get me wrong. We played a lot of challenge games in Kerry. You know, we played in Crystal Stadium, we played in, in, in Kilgarvan, we played West Kerry, South Kerry, you know, all these type teams, Croaks. And so we, we, we punched a lot of time into the, the panel of players, and believe it or not, we had about 30 involved, even though at one stage, I can tell you, 
Castellon played ahead of yesterday, and obviously we're pipped by a point. But from that point of view, we played ahead of in the Keller Shield. Down in the three selectors playing the same day to make up our 15 because one of our cars broke down. The garnished cars, as we refer to it. Uh, and, um, you know, we, we, we suppose we built a lot of camaraderie and uh, it's sort of, um, we found out a lot about the players as well on the panel. And, um, you know, they got the experience of playing at that level then. Like, so they weren't, when it came down to being competitive then, I suppose they didn't fear any side. In 96, we, we sort of, um, we had beaten Bantry, who were county champions. I think Skip won in 93 and um, Castlehaven won in 94. Bantry won in 95. Plan one in ninety six, so we were trying to keep the role going. If, if if you know what I mean, but um, in relation to the ninety six campaign, we had Bantry, a very good Bantry side in in the quarter final in um in Kielsel. and they were you know a good side that time. Damien O'Neill and Mark O'Connor and those guys, Shani McCarthy, they were they were they were um you know, uh, a lot of very good players. Like so, we were we knew they weren't far away. Then we played UCC. Or should I say, Kieran UCK, in <laughs> in Bantry, in um a semi final, and we got beaten by a point, and like they had the the stars on the side, like they had even though Clan actually beat them after us in the final. I think it was Terry Dillon got a punch goal near the end, but um they had the two and the current player manager and his brother, um the two Lohans were playing, they had Seamus Moynihan. They had a guy, I think, from Tipperary midfield, and they had Johnny Crowley and Mialo Crony. So they had a very good side. And, you know, it took a great. I, I was really impressed with the way Clan beat them in the final. And um, I, I felt then that we weren't far away. You told so, me before, Donald, sorry, you told me before, Donald, that that game stuck in your memory because you could hear UCC singing where the boys from UCC in the dressing room after the game and like it was a one-point loss in Bantry, a narrow defeat, and you knew Bearer were close and did that game stuck in your memory, did it? It absolutely, it, 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 I never forgot it because I I, have, I was good friends with a guy afterwards who was involved in the fishing business in Castro and Bearcom, Jason Whelley, who tortured us that day actually, playing Colonel Forward as well. And I said to myself, like, you know, if we ever needed motivation, um, you know, in relation to, you know, pursuing the goal of, of well, trying to win a county, I, I said to the guys that day, I said, just listen, let's sit and listen to this. And, you know, we're the boys from UCC, we're having someone next door and blah, blah, blah. And I could look for them, like, but um, we felt, um, you know, that if we wanted to, you know, to, to advance to the next stage, we had to raise our, our fitness levels, number one. And also our game plans, number two, and we had to get our team settled. And I'm a great believer that if you get games into people in certain positions, they either, they'll either do two things. They'll fail from us or they'll learn from us. Mm-hmm. And thanks be to God, most of all our guys like, you know, learn from their mistakes. They learned how to play properly and so forth. I'm not saying they couldn't play, but they adapted to the situations. And as I said to you, had um, very good impetus, like, you know, going into the following year. But I do remember in, 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 the, in the Bantry game, Long before Mickey Hart and Kieran O'Sullivan had a tie strain and Johnny Hulhan and Barry. So we suggested like that we take him off in the first half and bring him on in the second half, which we did. And I was amused after us when Mickey Hart did the same to Peter Canavan in Hell in the final. We were a small bit ahead of it, nor thinking maybe ourselves at the time. But it did work because he got kicked some crucial frees and he was a superb free taker, as proved in the county final afterwards. Like, and, um, he was um, an outstanding, um, you know, an outstanding player for us, like because even though he was playing with Cork and playing a lot of league games, 
just first man in training session, first man in, you know, first man tugged out, first man lead by example. And I saw him give an exhibition one night against Clyde up and Clondrohead. And he scored eight points from midfield from play. Like, so, you know, that sort of thing inspires inspires other players around. Brendan Jor was a very young player, very good. Alan Regan, Paul Hanley, as I said to you, like Ali O'Sullivan, a player who was underutilized, in my view, like um, by Cork for periods afterwards, because then, you know, they found a role for Paul Gallivan, um, for Kerry, like in much the same sort of a situation, like, you know, winning a lot of dirty ball and transferring the game changed a lot, like, you know. But because, I mean, like, it's the players themselves. Well, we put the stuff in um in, in in place for them to to play. It was it all came down to their own attitude, and I'm a great believer that players at the end of the day, if they have the right attitude, win matches. You know, you can have all the tactics you like and everything else, but you must. I, I saw a thing there recently about Paul O'Connell. You must you know play what's in front of your face, mm-hmm. and I think Orfles did during that period of time. Like you know, and even though we scraped over Clyde in the first round, um. In the second, in the in the in the quarter final, we played in the Piercy in the Manway, and um, the people, the person who who we were raising funds for, no, Patrick Hall will come to in a minute. Like, but he he was playing goals that he actually saved two penalties in the second half. We were very comfortable in the first half. I think we, we might have been, you know, with the memory. You know, I might be exaggerating, but here I think we were seven or eight points up at half time. So addressing was sort of calm, and we were just saying, look, if we can keep this up. And every time they score, we score. We're going to come out of this like and get into the semi final. And um, all his sort of broke loose in the second half for a while because um, our captain Ali O'Sullivan got a bit over exuberant in the start of the second half. And he was, he'll say to you, this was a misdemeanor that he shouldn't have been punished for, but he was anyway. So it reduces to 14 men and um, put us under a bit of pressure. And Pierce, had a good enough team that time. When I say good enough team, I'm not belittling by any means now or anything, but they had um, the O'Halpines and, you know, they had a lot of good, very good players um, and quite capable of scoring. And we were lucky to get out of there in the end by, I think, a couple of points or something. But I do remember Padre Crawley scoring, or sorry, saving two penalties in the second half, which, you know, kept us in the game, basically, because they had made a huge um, surge back into the game. Huge moments in that game, you know, and, and that put you tuned into the county semi final. And you mentioned Ali Roo getting sent off against the Piercing, but by some sort of miracle, he still played in, in, in the semi final because that game was put back from the 23rd, Saturday to Sunday, I think it was. And that Ali's, Ali's, um, Ali's suspension had expired, kind of, um, so he was, he was able to line out. So he was telling me before that he had a good defense team that got him back on the pitch for that semi final, Donald. I'll tell you our two delegates from the county board. I think the way it was scaring that I maybe serves me right. I think it was um the game was fixed for the Sunday mm-hmm. and the game was put back to Saturday night. So it would have meant that he was eligible to play on the Sunday, but not eligible to play on the Saturday night. I think that's my understanding, but but my memory fades with time, as you know yourself. But Jarbat, um the late Jarbat was our delegate in the county board board. Mick Reynolds, the man from from Mitchell's son originally, but who served with Bear and Garnish and has been our delegate for, you know, I'm sure everyone on the county board. So they canvassed the delegates and it was taken to a vote, like, and they got huge support for it, which sort of surprised a lot of people. But I suppose they could see that they, you know, it wasn't, it was sort of a bit of an unfair advantage in one sense and an advantage in another sense that, you know, they, they, he could eligible to play on the Sunday, so he was back on the Saturday night. So we played Joe Hallow then, managed by John Stinton Daly and McCroom. And it was 16, I think 16, 8, it ended up with like, but we had a number of things that helped, you know, that sort of 
came together for us in the night. Like um, a player there that I didn't mention either was Neil Murphy. He won an under twenty one medal with Cork in Limerick v Galway. And he was our centre back, like a very good player. His brother Noel was also on the panel, and um, I, you know, was in the forward line. But um, he went centre forward that night, and Paul Handy came 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 back into midfield with um, I thought he was centre back and. Duhal had a very good side at the time. They had Danny Colletti, Marco Sullivan was, you know, Marco was playing very well for Cork at full forward. And we put Dunham Wiseman, went back, full back uh, on on Marco Sullivan to mark him specifically. Like, and um, our move from Neil Murphy went to centre forward, do you believe it or not? Kieran scored 1 2. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes this can happen. And he was marking, I, I'll always remember because I ended up being a slick with Jerome Walsh after. So again, if you would digs about that, like, because he was centre back for Father of all the Welsh is now playing with Kentor. But um very yeah, things worked out with Nilo Connor. They had a very, very good side as well in the year before. They had actually beaten there, I think, mm-hmm. in the quarter final or something. So so the tables were torn there. So I suppose like look, we worked very hard during that period. Like we played a lot of games. I said she went to got a good few training sessions and some but I, I, I again, Kieran, you know, with the rule with, with, with sort of a the pick we have and everything else, we were very fortunate um at the time. My brother Oliver was in charge of the intermediate teams, managing the intermediate team in Castle with Seamus Harrington and a few more guys. Like, and um, they were very kind to us in the sense that you know they released players to us on the Wednesday night or whatever. Like, we tried to train on a Wednesday night or play a game on the Wednesday night, and they were playing the weekend. We often played on a Saturday and Sunday, and so we got a lot of games into people, you know, during that period. And they were very cooperative. And again, with the agile management, the same thing. Like, and the rest of the clubs bought into it big time. And I suppose, like, when you win a few games and you're a good year in 96, like, then they sort of, um, you know, you get the cooperation of all the rest of the clubs. And, like, we had um, we had good liaison as well. Like, uh, we had, uh, you know, Barry look after all the, the teams and, in, in, you know, the liaison and Cork and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, I suppose, like, players wanted to play. I suppose that's the bottom line, like, you know. And they wanted huge, to show up. Like you said, players wanted to play and, and they could see they were part of a winning team, like the progression from the quarterfinal 95, semi-final 96 into the county final 97. And it was the first time, I think, since 67 that Bearer were back in the county senior football final. And it was just a little matter of Castlehaven and Larry Tompkins and Cahillan standing in your way. Like, let's, let's go to that drawn, that drawn game first. I think it was 10 points apiece. Um, Larry Tompkins had a late, late free to win that game, if memory serves me right. Um, I was going through your mind. You're 100 percent right. I was down on the left hand side of the of the stand side, and I was about 30 yards out from the goals. And I said to him, Larry, if you ever miss one, miss one now, <laughs> in my own mind. You know, to be beaten by a point at that stage of the game, I think it was in injury time, it would have been chronic. Like, but um, but against that, like um, I can tell you now from you know afterwards, like a little a few secrets, but we were 25 to 1. The start of the year in that year, like, and uh, I, I, I was saying to myself, like, I mean, realistically, like, we're, we weren't that far away, like, you know, and so I, I think there was there's a, 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 a few boys very happy at the end of that year, and they were collecting a few quid here and there, but anyway, um, yeah, Castle Haven were always going to be, you know, I think the team to beat during that period because they had um, had ferocious battles with Skib, um, you know, a few years earlier, and um. They had a they had a very good side. Like I, I think they had about seven or eight, nine maybe on the Cork senior panel at the time. You had the Callans, definitely. You had the Collinses, you had the Crowleys, um, you had David Burke, you had the, you know, you had the, you know, um 
Michael Maguire was in goal. They were all Cork minors under 21 seniors. So there was about, I think, about 10 or 11 of them. And um, of course, Larry Tompkins being, being you know, um, a huge addition to any side at the time. And, um, you know, he was a driving force, obviously, for Castlehaven. I'm not saying he was the fulcrum of the team or anything like that, but he was definitely a big driving force during that period, like for them. And like to contain it, like we had to play it. If, if you like, a little bit of a negative game in one sense because we had to make sure we got our lineups and our mar marking. John Cleary was on top of the game. I'm talking about the two Clearys as well. John DeCorn, Carp Manager, and Dennis was full back. They were exceptional players, like, and um, so our, our matchups had to be, you know, we, we had to play without fear as well because, as you said, we had, I think, there was seven, seven under 21s, definitely seven, if not more, and our panel consists of another five or six, like, so. We had a very young side, really, except for one to two players, one to two, two or three players. So, from that perspective, like um, you couldn't go into Castlehaven like and 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 fear them if you want for one better word. Like if you did, you were gone beforehand. But I do remember we played um, me and Rangers in a challenge game out in um, Carrigadrohot, and Billy Margo was in charge at the time, and he brought a full side out. No, he was also involved with Cork, if memory serves me right, during that period. I had a lot of Cork players on the way, but he brought a full side of the place in um, in Clondrohod, I think. Carrigadrohod, Clondrohod. One of the two, anyway. Clondrohod, I think. And, um, you know, we had a rattling game against them, and I think we might have pipped them by a point, and I knew then that, that like, we had the capability of contesting, mm-hmm. which was the main thing, really. Like, you know, I didn't think that we were going to be I never thought we were going to be annihilated, but you could never tell against Castlehaven because they're a side that, you know, mentally they can dominate you. And um, they're a super footballing side. And um, we got many uh, toasting from them over the years, I can tell you. But you turned, but, the, tables um, on you turned the tables on them a couple of weeks later because in, in that final replay, it was a very tight game. And I think it was seven points apiece going into the final quarter. Colin Crowley, got it, he got the goal, put Haven up. And then, like, Bearheads, Bearheads didn't dip. Uh, Donald, like instead, like that last quarter, around with the stuff of legend, you know, Bearer roared back into the game. Um, won eventually won again. Okay, what was the final score? There was a 13 to once out there somewhere now. Um, yeah, we better figure it out and I would have made Kieran because I've forgotten at this stage. I played was we won 110 to 117. You know, like, yeah, I, 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 I think that, um. Kieran kicked a great point after that from about 55 yards out. The ground was very, very stodgy at the time. And actually, if you, uh, I looked at the replay there, not too often, but once anyway, definitely. And I saw it was sort of a mishit by Michael Harrington. They was going for the point, I say. He says, no, it was a pass. But it, it ballooned up into the air and Seamus Spencer read it and took it on his left. Like, and you'll never sort of beat. You'll, too often you'll beat um, Michael Maguire. On his, on, his, on his stronger side, and he hit it off his left and he buried it, like you know, which gave us, um, obviously great confidence as well. Because if you look, if you think about it, well, we'd always have the opinion that playing towards the city, city end is a harder goal to score than, than playing into the city, playing into the Black Rock end, you know. But look, as I said, you plays a, a huge part in games, and you can be lucky. And I felt we were, you know, we had that little bit of luck on that day, the ball. Bobbed around the square in the end there a few times, and uh, and Patrick Crowley had been taken off that stage because he did this cruciate. And we had a young goalkeeper from Adrigal called Timmy O'Shea, who was involved with Adrigal. No, at the moment, it's like, actually, 
and um, they had um, he had come on like you know so but so there was a small bit of mild panic I'd say for for a while there on the square but look I suppose it meant a lot at the time you know um, to get over the line finally like you know um, you see with it's it's no different you know and I look back at the twenty five years ago. Like we've we've had a huge battle here, like with rural depopulation. I was at the Adderwell game on Saturday in in Shigila, like and um, great credit due to them, like the fabulous club, like with twenty players, you know, of a pick, like and they're in the quarterfinal. Uh, I think it's against World B, and it was no different that time, or for Orton, or for you know Garnish or anybody else, like amalgamations. I suppose are part of the future of rural and Castle and Bear again. You know, if you if you think back. 50, 60 years ago, they were only reformed. And like they were obscener in the 80s, the late 80s, actually. I was just after coming into the start of the management of the club at that time. And um, I, my owner's duty after a year senior was taking them down to intermediate level. Now we got to a county final in 1990. But again, it's about continuity and getting, you know, people to stay interested really like in the club. And I think they have that structure there now. Like, and um. You know, and, and as 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 I'm sure it's the same in Kerry or Clare or wherever, in in rural Ireland, like you have a lot of um, you know, difficult situations to contend with. I suppose the travelling is a big thing, and I suppose you know down here we depend an awful lot, like on the students coming back at the weekends and stuff like that. Like you know, I'm, I'm sure it's no different in a lot of places, and I'm looking for simply for that. Like, but there isn't a lot of industry in in Castletown Bear that would you know lend to we say third level guys being kept local. If you want, you know, from out of Belvoir, the best we can hope for is they stay in Cork or maybe Limerick or Kerry or somewhere like that. When you know things have changed radically, it was in the last few years with COVID and everything else. That nowadays that you can, you know, a lot of people can work from home and have that little bit of advantage. But going into the future, I think that um, I I possibly say that you'll have a lot of amalgamations. You know, with especially at underage level to make up the numbers. I think as I I, I was. Talking to somebody recently here in um in Castlebar, and they said there was twelve people entered the national school in Castlebar this year. So that just gives you an idea what you're what you're what you're up against. Down the road, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, Karen. Like so, I mean, you know, you have um, you have uh, but I suppose look, if you go back long enough, and you had people who contended with this all their lives, like you know, after the war and all those periods. You know, and they faced greater difficulties, like, you know, and they didn't have communications, they didn't have um, transportation or anything like that. Like, so from there, from that perspective, I think these are sort of things that are challenges there, definitely. But it's how you, I suppose, administrate those challenges and com- overcome them really at the end of the day. You know, I, I, I feel strongly like that, oh, that, um, that, you know, to connect all the way through from, we'll say, the school's levels in Cork. And especially in Cork, like we'd say from the national schools, the secondary schools are being underutilized. Now it takes a lot of resources, and I know that, like, you know, are being underutilized, like, because we need a stronger connection to GA to get involved in this, especially the secondary schools. And I know that's very easily said to start a flip into trope there, like, but like there could be an increased level of competition as well within the county, in my own view. This is just my personal view that, um, you could create the city like in an north side, the south side in the community schools and so forth like that. Like you could compare the West Cork versus North Cork in the lot of by amalgamating a lot of, you know, players in the different community schools at, at different levels, like, you know, and um, 
make an interesting competition, like to, to, to increase awareness and get more people involved, you know, 100%. because not everyone makes a county development squad and not everyone, you know, matures at the same age and, you know, development can come at a later stage and you get, to, you get fellas interested um, playing at that level that might, you know, continue on and play a lot more. Now, it's, it's easy, uh, I suppose, in Dublin, like if you have resources to go out to the schools, but you've been playing play, playing schools in, in say, I'd have experience of, you know, talking to teachers and melancholic, like, in, you know, in, 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 in the community school there, there's a thousand pupils, maybe 1,400 in, 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 in Clarkston Column. There's another secondary school going up there. Um, Spread Nave, all these places, three streets, traditionally were, you know, were, 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 were sort of looked after by the clubs locally, or name on those. But I wonder, are the rest of the clubs being serviced in the same way? Like, you know, are the, the rest of the schools I'm talking about being serviced in the same way? And um, I feel we should be reaping a bigger dividend of players from those schools. That's a, um, good, that's a very good point, Ronald. But I know now time is going to start running out, and I see, or I can see the time was ticking because one of the reasons I wanted to chat to you today, obviously, reminisce about the 1997 Bear team, that, that glorious year, Bear Crown County champions, and one of the men involved in that was Padraig Crowley, the goalkeeper. And you mentioned him there a couple of times. And there's a fundraiser going on at the moment in Bear, and it's, it's a very important fundraiser for for Padraig Crowley, and I think the educational need uh, needs of his kids. And I know there's a raffle the October Bank Holiday weekend in in Beira and as, as well as that um there's a, a golf classic that will be in Bearhaven Golf Club in September 15 to 17th and I give some of those details after our chat would you fill us in um on the, the fundraiser for Project Crowley and why people should support this and get involved first of all foremost is a GA person has been all his life they were cast on underage they were bear underage played you know all the way up along 14 16 minor under 21 and actually was on the Cork Junior panel for a while as well. Um, um, in definitely in Killarney and talked out he didn't start there. I think um, Mr. Mackey from all kept him off the team that day. But anyway, he's um unfortunately there about a year ago, or said two twenty, the end of the middle of two twenty, he got a um a tumor and um you know, his diagnosis was okay originally, lip blah, and he got the operation and everything seemed to be going well for him, but unfortunately after um, maybe a period of time, it is it, it reappeared. So his second operation, he's married to Jimma, uh, has two young kids, eight and four, James, eight and Molly, four. He lives down in Glanmire now. And um, in, in fact, he had a very good, successful sports day for them yesterday. And I, I think they raised something like 3,500 for, you know, which, they, which was a fantastic achievement for a sports day for, for the children. So I suppose, like, from our perspective, he was always involved. Like he was with Castletown for ten years intermediate. He was with Bearda for the, maybe the same in, in goals and um went out of his way to start to become a very good keeper, trained by a local guy here called Michael Harrington, who did specialised training with him at the age of fifteen or sixteen as a keeper. And um so he's always been part of the fabric of this of of, of Beardy, or Castletown Beardy, what you know, and when this word knows you know, it knows broke like I, I felt like that as a, as a community we should do something to help and it says you know you're helpless in one sense and then from our perspective like we felt that we should the only way you know if we made a financial contribution towards the education of his children you know while his prognosis might be the best like you know dv like uh, at the moment um his 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 treatment is ongoing mm-hmm. he's he's getting very extensive chemo at the moment 
and um, hopefully, like it will have an impact that has already, in one sense, that has freed up, you know, he's mobile and things again, which he wasn't for a period of time. So, look, he's going through his own personal battle, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's only a small contribution that we're making at the end of the day. So we're having a golf classic in the 15, 16, 17, and the response has been magnificent from all the clubs around the county. And even yesterday, I had after the game donated money to the fund as well, and. Lots of people have come up, like Bishopstone, J Club. I could, could mention loads and loads. Be, I'd be out of, out of order, really, because every club has nearly contributed to this stage or is going to. So the, the Golf Classic is on 15th, 16th and 17th. And people have said to me that we should, have, we should have put it on for a lot more in terms of... We didn't want that. Like We didn't want to be making it into a sort of... Um, you know, a real sort of... You know, we wanted the people to come out to express their community spirit and that's why we price that level because the tickets people can buy as many tickets as they want to. Mm-hmm. and they are on freely available there's a draw on that here and like so from that perspective like they can they, well they're only paying 20 quid ahead to play the golf each person in their team is 60 quid for the team and there's lots of good prices people are sponsoring tea boxes they're sponsoring greens but they can also buy a book of tickets in the day or buy a ticket you know for 10 quid or to one 50 we didn't want to put the onus on anyone to say oh look to put a team into this, we need 300 quid. We didn't want to put that because economically at the moment, we understand people are struggling with this and there's a lot of emphasis. Well, people, 20 quid is affordable for a lot of people. We don't want to impact either on their own. We'd say the GAs, you know, each club is at the moment is always having, having difficulty raising funds. So we didn't want to impact on that either. And look, Padraig himself and his family understood this and they didn't want to do the, go down the route of the GoFundMe page either. So, we wanted to get so this way, like we're impacting a lot of people because we know it'll be somebody's turn, unfortunately, next month or week, a month after. We, and we just like as a group, from the 97 group, since it's just falling into the 25 year anniversary thing, that we said, look, what will we do? We'll do a golf plastic and we'll do it, sell the tickets. And hopefully we'll raise enough funding to take care of their, their um, education, you know. And I think it, it also makes people feel they're contributing from the wider. GA diaspora as well, like, you know, which which is helpful. Well, it's, so it's, you know, it's a it's a really brilliant initiative. And like I said, I'm going to give the details of of that after after our chat here, Donald. Like I said, time is just about to run out. And so I just want to thank you so much for being so kind with your time and and for reminiscing. I think we might have to have a part two quite soon because I want to ask you about the what Ali Roo called a warm weather training camp in Spain. I think it was it, it was the oh, team <laughs> the team holiday. So we might have to organize that. A, that a that might be better, Karen. No, after six o'clock or the watershed, whatever. After that watershed time at night, like you know, whatever they say on the BBC is after eight o'clock or after six o'clock. But yeah, that was an interesting one, and I, I would, I would say that it would, it would warrant uh, a, a few people's uh, uh, conversation. All right, because we had some good crack and uh, we we enjoyed it, like because we knew we couldn't get out in the in the county in the county in the in the in the, in the Ireland series, like so. I suppose we we. We 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 cert- certainly celebrated well anyway. We are we, we made a few bob and we did things. I suppose we did things all the ordinary. That definitely deserves a conversation. But yeah, one thing I would mention be around the time that hopefully the ninety seventeen will be honoured at this year's uh, county. Okay. I, I might try yeah. and I might try and round up some of the some of the characters of that ninety seventeen, and we might have one more blast at this. Okay. All, all right, Karen, you're a gentleman. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with Access Credit Union and the Donal O'Driscoll Student Bursary. The Donal O'Driscoll Student Bursary has been established to honour the career and achievements of Access Credit Union's late CEO, Donal O'Driscoll. Throughout his long term as CEO, 
Donal championed the credit union ethos of supporting and empowering members, particularly in the sphere of education. In recognition of this, the Donal O'Driscoll Bursary will provide financial support to one individual embarking on third-level education or commencing an apprenticeship in 2022. The recipient of the bursary will be awarded €5,000 to help with costs. To apply for the bursary, visit www.accesscu.ie forward slash bursary. Kieran, you've been speaking to the new Enniskeen Komori captain ahead of their championship campaign. How is Ashton keeping? Ashton's keeping well. We had Ashton on the podcast last year when she was vice captain of the Inneskeen team, but now she's been promoted to captain. So they're three games deep into their senior campaign. They've lost their first two, but the good news is they won their last game. They hockeyed Ballincollig by 321 to four points. So that means that they still have a fighting chance to avoid and advance even from the group stages. Their, their final group game is against Era Og in Kladov on Monday, September 19th. Um, huge game for, for Ashton, huge game for Inneskeen. But the good news is Inneskeen are going in off the back of a really, really good win against Ballincollig. So when I caught up with Ashton a little bit earlier, I asked her first, how come she's now captain and how much is she enjoying that role? The Cork Senior Camorra Championship is quite busy at the moment. The games are coming ticking fast and we're delighted now to be joined by Inneskeen captain Ashton O'Driscoll to talk about the campaign to date. First off, welcome back to the podcast, Ashton. And the last time I was chatting to you, you were vice-captain of Inneskeen, but now you are the captain. So talk to me, how did, how did that come about? Um, I suppose it came about at the start of the year when we were looking at, I suppose, getting um, somebody to come manage us. Um, so it started off with that, and I was one of the people that was roped in to get on the committee and, I suppose, be part of what the players kind of are looking for in a management Um selection. Uh, I came on top of that then when we found our manager, which was our trusty Elaine Aylward. Um, I suppose we were at our first match and Elaine just announced me as captain. Um, I think it just, I've always been there and it was a great honour and privilege, obviously, to be given the role of captain. Um, and that's the way I'm looking at it, really. Um, so, yeah, it was great for Elaine to ask me to do it. I suppose I've always been there. Um, I've been there the last couple of years. I would probably be noticed as or noted as one of maybe the leaders on the team as well. I'm always talking. I don't know if that's the teacher in me, um, but I'm always talking on the pitch as well. So, yeah, it's a great honour and privilege um, to go out there and be one of the leaders amongst the many other leaders that are on the team as well. So it's a bit of a shock to me first, I would say. <laughs> but, uh, no doubt you're, you're, you're growing into the role as vice-captain last year and captain this year. But you mentioned there, Elaine Aylward, as the Inneskeen manager this year, and obviously... Mm -hmm. Elaine, if our podcast listeners don't realise, um, she's the Kilkenny Camogie All-Star. That was back in 2009, I think it was. Yeah. But she's she's Camogie royalty. Like she's a was a brilliant Camogie player. And now, and now she's been living in his, in the scheme for the last couple of years. And she was in, involved too in the scheme. Um, one day intermediate back in 2020, part of the management team. But she is the manager this year. So what's it like having someone like Elaine Aylward as a manager? Kind of kind of to learn from her, Ashley. It's unbelievable. Like as you said, like Elaine has been with us now for three, four years. Um, like she was there from intermediate up, and she's built such a good relationship with all of us, everyone, and like we all respect Elaine. And like as you said, like she is so knowledgeable there, and every piece of information that she gives, like we literally just take it all on board. You know, like we're so blessed to have 
her knowledge, her wisdom and the experience that she has playing at senior level with her club, but also then senior level with Kilkenny as well. It's unbelievable. And like what she has to give and offer, it's just we're so blessed, I suppose, to have her on board. And um, so it's unreal that she's there and that we're getting the benefit from it as well. You know, I think when Elaine speaks, like everybody listens um, and it's going back to that relationship, like she knows all the girls and um, like she's probably in the best position now at the moment you know with regards where to play girls and things like that and what works for us and things like that so it's it's unbelievable that she's there and that she's taken on this role and we're so thankful that she has taken on the role as well you know and um, so it's yeah it's good it's very good let's have a chat about the Camogie championship so far the, the senior campaign this year it's a group stage format I and mean, we're seeing that across women's and men's g at the moment to get the introduction of these group stages so from a player's point of view it's guaranteed games and you know when games are on so i presume it's a it, it's a lot more preferable than the old school knockout oh definitely like even last year so i think i was speaking to you after the doublest match and then we were going into our inascara match and then like we lost against inascara so like we only had one championship game at senior level uh or two sorry like we won one and then we lost the second one so like, we had only two matches whether this year now there is five in our group and like we're guaranteed four matches in a bye so like it's unbelievable like you're playing four really good standard matches at senior level and you're gaining experience in every one of those matches like you're learning from your mistakes and you can bring that to the next match you know and be it even next year or whatever so it's way preferable like you're playing more camogie at a competitive level and that's what you want to do you know it's grand playing you know your challenge matches and everything like that like you learn loads from you can try out new things but it's at that competitive championship level that's what we want to be playing in that's where we are now and it's great that we are guaranteed four matches at least if like if people don't progress or if teams don't progress so it's yeah it's very good it's way more preferable yeah i mentioned earlier obviously that in this game won't be intermediate back in 2020 so last season was your first year up at senior and it was and it was all new to in this game the first time in the senior Kawaga championship a, a brand new adventure but now this is your second season so you're probably starting to find your feet so do you find actually that your goals are even changing like you're that you're, you're, you, you want to push on now, like you want to make an impact at senior level. Yeah, definitely. Like last year, yeah, we were finding our feet um, and we started off well, etc. Um, but it was still all a learning curve and everything like that. And this year, yeah, the goals have changed. Um, like we want to get out of our group or group stage now. Um, like we want to do well. We want to make our mark and. This is the time that we do it in the group stages. Um, I suppose our first two matches, um, we didn't get the results that we wanted. I suppose with injuries and there was just various, like you know, college and people working and you know, getting girls back in with holidays and stuff like that. So I suppose our first two games weren't the results we wanted. But now with our Balancotic match, you know, we made our mark and that's what we want and that's what Inniskeen Camogie is about. So hopefully now we'll go on and do that in our last group game as well. But definitely, yeah, we want to make our mark and we want people, I suppose, to know that Inniskeen are a senior Camogie team as well, you know, and get up there and get recognised for that. You mentioned the first two games, they were losses to St Finbars and St Catherine's, but we're going to put them to one side. I want to talk about the positive. It was a a 3-21-0-4 win against Bell and College. That's a right good win. So talk to me about that performance and, and the positives that you can take from that into the next game against Air Oak. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Um, that was the match that we needed as well, you know, to boost confidence as well. Um, yeah, look, we learned from our first two matches. We had made, I suppose, so many mistakes as well as positives. And we took those in and we, I suppose, regrouped as a team. And that was hard after two losses. And we needed to boost morale again, you know, and get together as a team. And we did that. And that's what in the skin camogie, that's what we can do. And I suppose we worked on that. We had girls come back from injury, like Danielle Carroll came back, um, which was a great asset as well after being sick for a while. Um, and there was various other people back as well. You know, so it's 
it's brilliant that you know we can do that they're the performances that we can do but now we need to build on that as well um for two weeks time when we go out and play aero because we need another big win as well um and no doubt that once we play to that capability that we are and we have belief in ourselves as well and take on those positives as well as the negatives we've no doubt that we will do that as well but yeah no a very good win one that was well needed Talk to me so about the permutations of this era O game. That's your last group game. So you've, you've won win and two defeats. What needs to happen in that final game? Um, so we need to win it to get into uh, third place, um, depending on the other matches. Um, I think St. Finbars have won all their matches. Catherine's have won more matches as well. So it'll be second place, but I would imagine maybe Catherine's are probably more likely to take second place, but we'll be on for third then. And if we win that match and then out of the other three groups then um, without the divisions teams because only one of them go through so the other three groups then it'll be the best third that goes through um, and I think I stand corrected I think it's on scoring difference so um, we need a good a good performance now against Euro. yeah do we know when that game is on and where yet? Um, it's on Monday the 18th at half seven in Clidove under lights I think yeah so we have another week and a bit two weeks of preparation so since that's on a school night, I presume that students will get homework off that night, will they? Because you'll be so... Uh, I'll, give them the game. I'll give them loads of homework so that they'll be late anyway. <laughs> but they'll be well tired anyway from the day, definitely. Even just chat, let's say about the Keen team for a second. Of course, we all know about Orla Cornish. She's done such great things over the years. Mm-hmm. But talk to you about some of the younger players that are coming through now that are making their, their mark. The likes of Dara O'Brien, she got two goals against Bell and College. Like, there's such an influx of good young players in this Inneskeen team. Yeah, and I suppose that's another factor as well that we're finding our feet now in senior level, you know. Um, like we have so many young girls coming up and you know, like they're like sixteen, I think we've sixteen year olds playing with us and like that's pushing us all on in training, you know. They're flying fit, they've all the hurling done, they're playing all these competitions coming up like they've under sixteen, they've minor and they've probably played in our junior team as well, you know, this year until you know they got their debut at senior. And like that's unbelievable because they're getting all this experience as well. And like they're only sixteen years of age, they're probably at least another ten years at senior. So it's all so good for the club. And um, like we've huge potential. It's just to bring that out in us now and gel as a group and to get everybody back playing you know at the standard and giving us those wins that we want but the influx of players that we have it's brilliant and I think it's credit to what's happening at the underage level as well you know there's so many people getting involved in in a scheme camogie and that like that's what you want because you want the girls coming up because you know there's only so much that all of like we'll say the older people can do you know like there's only a few more years left in us so we want to bring those in as well and also to get us out to get more out of the older people you need that competition coming in um like i think even like molly hill came on and she scored i think it was one one or she definitely got a goal anyway dara scored two goals you know Sinead Hurley was flying it like emer now dara's sister unfortunately unfortunately she has suffered concussion um so she's been missing all our matches but like they're all like the talent that we have you know you've emma driscoll in the back line like they're all growing into those roles as well and that's like that's what you want as well you know um so it's brilliant it's a good outlook for the club as well yeah definitely Onward and upward for Inneskeen. Best look against Aero Og on Monday week, Ashley. And thanks for joining us again. Thanks very much, Karen. Thank you. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with Access Credit Union and the Donal O'Driscoll Student Bursary. The Donal O'Driscoll Student Bursary has been established to honour the career and achievements of Access Credit Union's late CEO, Donal O'Driscoll. Throughout his long term as CEO, Donal championed the credit union ethos of supporting and empowering members particularly in the sphere of education. In recognition of this, 
the Donal O'Driscoll Bursary will provide financial support to one individual embarking on third-level education or commencing an apprenticeship in 2022. The recipient of the bursary will be awarded €5,000 to help with costs. To apply for the bursary, visit www.accesscu.ie forward slash bursary. Okay, Kieran, let's preview this week's Southern Star Sports section. And I know you don't know the meaning of the phrase, but try to keep it brief. Time is against us, unfortunately. Now, that was a dirty dig. You're very good at keeping it brief. But anyway, now I'm dragging on. Now I'm, <laughs> now I'm slowing us down. So a brief summation of this week's Southern Star Sports section. Very, very salty, Jack. Very, very <laughs> salty. Yeah, so it's a packed 28-page sports section. We have 21 pages of GA from County Championship, which we talked about earlier, to the West Cork Junior Football Championship, where the four quarterfinals were played the weekend, to the Cork Lady Senior Football Championship, to the Cork Camogie Championship. It really is an action-packed GA special this week, and there's something for everyone. So it's really worth, really worth checking out. Every club is in there. As well as that, I'd catch up with Darren McElhinney, our Glengariff athlete, um, to chat about his recent 5,000 metre final at the European Athletics Championships. As always with Darren, it's a really good read. He's debriefing his 16th place finish and what he needs to do next to take the next step. But we have to remember that Darren was in seventh place with 250 metres to go in that European final. So he really is a, is a young man with a really bright future ahead of him. Also, the Castellac won the West Cork League Masters title. We have reaction and a report from that. Bad weekend for Keith Cronin in the British Ready Championship. He crashed out of the lead of the latest event in Wales. Um, but he's still in the hunt for that title. He's in second place now behind Oshin Price. But there's two readies left. So do not rule Keith out just yet. And this week's last word column, I think is a really, really good column. It's about Paul O'Donovan and why he is in the conversation for Ireland's greatest ever sports person. But it's comparing Paul with another West Cork sporting legend of a different generation, Dano O'Mahony. Um, they're two men, two two trailblazers from from farming backgrounds, you could say. They're both the, son, the sons of, of farmers, but they've both done incredible things for both their sports. So I'm putting forward the argument for why Paul O'Donovan is Ireland's greatest sportsman. So that's well worth checking out. And Jack, for me, that was brief. Absolutely. Brilliantly concise, Kieran. A true professional. That's all we have time for on this week's Southern Star Sport Podcast. Obviously, the Southern Star will be in shops on Thursday, but if you can't make it to the shops, you can always subscribe online to our e-paper. Just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. And just last week, we launched a new app to go along with your e-paper subscription. The app is available in both the App Store and the Google Play Store. So if you're an Android user for the first time ever, you can now download the Southern Star e-paper app. It had been on the App Store before, but it's an improved version available on both platforms now with archives going back over 10 years at no additional cost. So you can subscribe to read the Southern Star on the go wherever you are in the world for less than two euro per week. And all of what Kieran described in his brief summation there will be available from half six on Thursday morning via our app. We'll be back at the same time next week. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks to our producer, Dylan Mangan, Slon Tommel. <laughs>